Okay, so we are in the middle of the first paragraph. Um, we brought up a number of different questions, right? Dealing first of all with Shvi uh, Pesach, and then we segued into uh, the first night and dealing with the idea of the Seder in particular. Um, some things that it says in the Haggadah that seem to be uh, very confusing. And we actually, interestingly enough, right, we saw it in the Gemara yesterday as well. And we saw the exact same thing, right? Matzah zu al shum ma al shum right? That for what reason do we eat matzah? Because there wasn't enough time for the dough to rise. And, you know, we're sitting here scratching our heads. Wait a minute, that's not why we're eating matzah, right? It may have been a case that there wasn't enough time for the dough to rise before they left Egypt. But the whole reason why we're eating matzah the first night of Pesach is because God told us eat matzah the first night of Pesach. And then we even pointed it out that this is talking about before Chatzos, this is talking about after Chatzos. You know, in other words, there's definitely some confusion that's going on here. And in order to understand really what's going on in Pesach, we have to really uh, get a better feel for this, uh, this whole story. Okay, so let's pick up from where we left off yesterday. Um, I think, right, that's where we are? Okay, so it says like this: Va'inyan hu dehine gabe be'erv teichlu matzos k'siv matzos chaser vav ve'gabe v'yafu chulu ugos matzos k'siv matzos male bevav. Okay, so when you look at the actual words in the Nachumish uh, itself, you'll notice that there's a difference. In other words, the way we say the word, it sounds exactly the same: matzos and matzos. But when it's talking about, when, it, when it's actually, when you look at the word itself, you'll notice that there is a vav missing in the first one. In other words, when it says, in the evening you will eat matzos, right, which is the commandment that we have to eat matzos that first night of Pesach on the Seder night. So what's obviously missing is the vav. Masha Enkein, later on when it talks about, um, later on when it talks about the second time it brings out matzos, Right, we see that there is a vav. So obviously, uh, like everything in Torah, there's a reason for it, and we have to understand more clearly what that reason is. So what is this vav? The vav is the idea that it was revealed to them, the king of all kings. What does that mean? The vav we understand is every letter has a reason and, a sh- uh, and the shape of the letter has a reason to it as well. The vav, as we see, has a little yud, so to speak, on the top, and then there's a line going down, right? So the concept of a vav is the idea of hamshacha, of drawing down, com- something coming from above and being drawn down to below. So when we're saying here that the matzahs have a vav in it, <clears throat> it's an indication that something happened. Something different happened, namely that there was a revelation that took place, and this revelation that took place started above, and it descended down, and it came down into the actual thing itself, into, uh, in this case, into the matzahs themselves. The idea of the vav is the idea of hamshacha, the idea of drawing down. Right, The idea that Hashem himself, the king of all kings, revealed himself to them. The one point that we have to bring out from this before we can really understand what's going on, which we'll understand much more clearly as we go through the Mimer, is that there are clearly, we're talking about two different levels in Matzah itself. Yeah? So 
So the first matzah that we're talking about is the matzah that took place before chatos. This is the matzahs without the vav. Now remember, what happened at chatos? Chatzos is dafka when Hashem revealed himself, right? So clearly the matzahs that we ate before is a reference point to the matzahs that do not have a vav in them. And therefore they do not have the revelation of Hashem in them. Bahabes. What about the second matzahs? Mashikasu, Yafu, etc. Matzos, right? You will bake, etc., etc. The matzahs, right? These matzahs, Vahua matzah sha'acher chatos. This is talking about matzahs that are with uh, that are taking place after chatos. Vahu male bevav. This is one that's filled with above. Dahainu acher shenigla lehem. Namely, this is the matzahs that already took place after Hashem revealed himself to them. Right? So that's why in the Haggadah itself, when we say the words, right, Rabbi Gamaliel says, if you don't say these three things, right? What are the three things? Pesach, Matzah, Maror. Right? If you don't say these strings, and right, Rashi said over there, you have to explain the reason, right? The taima. What's the reason for these things, right? So the explanation is that, right, because our forefathers did not have enough time before the matzah. So clearly, what are we saying? Shahu inyan matzah's male bavav. Shahaya achrachatzos dafka. That the reference point over there is dafka, specifically the matzah's with vav. Namely, the matzah's that took place after chatzos. Now, what's the key? There's a very interesting word here, or two words, that we, that all of a sudden it seems like are just sort of like stuck in here. He's positioning us as in a certain angle, and then he makes a reference point to something else, which we're going to have to come back to later on in the Mimer. I don't know if you see it. He like has a uh, you know he's like hedging himself here with one with with, with one phrase. What what's the phrase that he's hedging himself with? I don't know if he's called it hedging himself with uh, the concept of gamkin. After the last two sentences, what what was I left thinking? Nothing. You with us? What was, the, what was I left thinking after the first two after these last two sentences? That the matzahs that we're eating now are what? Are with the vav, right? But then he says that matzah zu sha'anu achlim hu gamkain bebechina zu. So the matzah on the on the first seven days and the matzah on the eighth day, or the matzah. No, the not the eighth day. day. Forget about the eighth day. The eighth day is not. A, we're not talking about that. The, the question is, the, the question is the matzahs before chatzos versus the matzahs after so chatzos. That's what we're Seder talking about. The matzah during Passover. Right. So the question is. The question that is, is that up until this point, before the two lines from before, we were thinking, okay, the matzahs that we're eating this night are the matzahs of the Seder. What did we just say before? The matzahs of the Seder have a vav or not have a vav? Chaser, do not have a vav, right? Now we turn around and we say, but wait a minute. In the Haggadah itself, in the Haggadah itself, the reference point that we're referring to matzah is based on what? The matzahs after chatzos. So now we're thinking, okay, well, the matzahs that we're eating nowadays at the Seder are the matzahs with the vav, which uh, sort of leaves us scratching our head a little bit. You know, why is that? I mean, I thought that we were doing the matzahs that are commemorating the original Seder. 
Okay, so we have to, you know, so we have a, like a little bit of a red flag that goes up in our minds and we have to say to ourselves, okay, I have to set that aside and I'm going to have to investigate that a little bit more. But then he comes back the other way and he says, oh, by the way, so these, the matzahs that we're eating now, our gamkin are also the matzahs with a vav. So he says, okay, so now, now what? So you're saying that there's matzahs we're eating now have no vav and the matzahs that we're eating now have yes vav. So what is it? Is it yes above or no above? Right? What, like, what, what, what are we talking about here? Let, look at that sentence again. It says like this. It's also from this level. What, what level are we talking about? With a vav. Which implies if it's gamkin, it means that it, it already has also the, the level of matzahs without the vav. Right? In other words, originally we're saying that the, they have the matzah, we're eating the matzahs without a vav. Good? Because it's a commemoration of the matzahs that we ate at the Seder. Now, after these last two sentences, we're saying it's not just that aspect of the matzah, but it's also the second aspect of the matzah that took place after Chatzos. So this indicates to us that this or proves to us that this matzah that we're eating now is also from the level from this level. That's how we're going to be able to have the seventh day of an atzeres, namely the holiday or the gilim of of Kriyas Yamsuf. Okay, so now uh, we have to figure out what's going on here. Clearly, what we ended up with is that there's an aspect to the matzahs that we eat nowadays that are the matzahs before chatzos. And there's an aspect to the matzahs that we're eating nowadays that are from after chatzos. So we have to ex- understand more clearly what that is. Okay, so we're left with this, uh, we're left hanging with this question. So in order to understand this whole story, we have to really uh, go and take a step back for a second. And we have to explain a little bit more clearly not just the idea of eating matzahs, but really the idea of eating bechlau, right? So let's give a little introduction. We are human beings, right? And we know that on this earth, there are four different levels, right? We have the level of the inanimate, right? Rocks, the ground, etc. We have the level of the vegetable world, vegetable kingdom, we have the world of the animal kingdom, and we have the world of the human kingdom. And we say that each level is obviously progressively on a higher level, right? We could see that very clearly. The inanimate does not move, does seemingly does not think, but seemingly, even though it says in Shari Yuchad Vamuna, has a nefesh in it, right? That it says, where is the, right, the Evan, how do we see the word Evan, right, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, like it says in the first chapter of Shari Yuchad Vamuna. Right? Then we get to the vegetable kingdom, which has a little bit more life to it than a rock, right, for sure. And of course, we get to the animal kingdom, which has even more life. And then we have the midaber. The midaber is the idea of speaking, the idea of a human being, right, which is obviously a much more, um, a much more dynamic and uh, developed uh, creation, creation uh, in comparison to the other three. So the obvious question that comes out is, if you look at the world, you'll notice that every single level of entity which is above is reliant on the levels below. 
in order to stay in existence, with the exception of an inanimate, right? Inanimate doesn't have to eat anything, but let's say the vegetable kingdom. The vegetable kingdom is relying on the nutrients of the inanimate world, right? It's relying on the nutrients of growing in the ground. You know, and I guess you could even say with hydro, right? But what is it called? Hydro planing? Hydro, not hydroplaning. When you grow hydro, you grow hydroponic. We need our farmer for, to help us out with that one, right? Uh, so the water, water is like, I mean, it's also inanimate, right? So in other words, it's not growing in, in a, uh, you know, in, in, in a vacuum, so to speak. There's something that it's getting certain nutrients from the ground, right? That's going through the vegetable kingdom. And then you look at the animal kingdom, right? The animal kingdom, you look at all the uh, uh, cows and sheep and goats. What do they eat? They're eating grains, they're eating barley, they're eating, you know, they're eating oats, they're eating grass, right? That's what they're eating, right? All of these types of animals. Uh, and even the animals that eat animals, for example, a lion, let's take for an example, you know, it's clear that what it says that apparently that they do is that the first thing that they eat is what? The intestines. You ever you know, hear that before? Right. All the big cats in, in Africa, the first thing they do apparently, uh, from what I've heard, I haven't seen it live, but, uh, is that they eat the intestines. Why? Because they're trying to get to the greens. They're trying to get to the greens that they, that they have inside of them in order to flush out their system or whatever they're doing or the nutrients that they need from the greens. So even the animals that eat animals, the first thing they start with is apparently this uh, is the vegetable kingdom. And then, of course, the human beings. Right, we rely on all three. Right, we eat uh, animals. Right, and we eat uh, vegetables, and we even eat uh, minerals. Right, we eat salt. Right, all, every meal we are constantly having salt and you know different things like that. So, uh, so the question comes out. You know, seemingly, you would imagine that everything should be relying on the thing that's above it to give it a life force, not the thing that's below it to give it a life force. Right, it's totally antithetical to what you would imagine. Right. Whenever we think of, you know, what's going to give me something more, we're thinking of something that's higher up on the chain. If you would imagine, you know, I don't know, we would talk about like some sort of spiritual being that's giving me a life force, whatever it is, but not, I'm not going to get my life force from a from a piece of salt or from a, you know from an apple or something like that. Why? But yet we see that that is in fact the case. So the truth is, is that. It's what we're looking for when we eat these different types of foods is actually the spiritual content of those foods. That we understand that the spiritual source of these foods are actually coming from, in their original source, from a higher level than the human being. Right? That's the reason why. And therefore, what we're really gaining when we, when we are eating these different things, besides for all the nutrients, the gashmiastic nutrients that we, you know, science will tell you about, is actually the spiritual nutrients that are inside of them. Okay? So that's what he says here. Not on bread alone can a person survive. What does that mean? So this is going to come to answer the question. How can you possibly think that there is in the actual kayach of the food itself the energy to give life to a person? Right, the lechem, the food, the bread is from the vegetable kingdom. And the person is from the level of the midaber, of the human kingdom. So how can it be 
that the tzameach, the vegetable kingdom, could give life to the human kingdom. <laughs> Which we see clearly that the human, so to speak, I'm calling it the human kingdom, for lack of a better phrase, right, is on a much higher level than the vegetable kingdom, right? So that's why the Pasuk says, not on bread alone, namely from the essence of the bread itself, namely, what are we talking about? Everything that's coming out, so to speak, from the mouth of Hashem. So we understand from that everything is being created through right, the words of Hashem, from the letters of Hashem. So what's Moitzipiyavaya? It means the letters, the words of Hashem, which are coming out in order to create all the different creations in the world. Like it says in the beginning in Breshis, that the earth should be covered with grass. Right? Because that word of Hashem is entering into the actual food itself, and that's the aspect that's actually sustaining and giving a chayas to the person. That's, that's the idea. So that's what we're actually eating. That's, what, that's the food, that's the spark that we're actually eating. Right? And so therefore, that spark is what's giving us our chayas. And like, so when, like the Baal Shem Tov says, that when a person has a taiva for a certain food, he needs that particular spark he needs that spark to wind up coming into him in order to give him a chayis, right, in order to eat it. Now, obviously, we learned from Kuntus Avoida, there are different ways of eating, right? And obviously, from Kuntus Avoida, from Tanya, you don't have to go to Kuntus Avoida, you can go to Tanya, right? That it depends how a person eats, right? And it's up to the job of the person to be able to elevate the sparks, right, that he's eating. And to be able to use them in the most appropriate way, through making a bracha, and through having the right uh, intentions when he's eating, Etc., etc., like it talks about in Tanya. However, the, the Edson point, the main point here is, however, that at the end of the day, it's the actual spirituality of that particular piece of bread or that particular apple or whatever it is that he's eating, which is giving him a chayis in order to then carry on with his life. So the question now comes out that, wait a minute. We understand, however, that it's not just that the bread has the mimer of Hashem. Not just that the bread has the words of Hashem, or that the apple has the words of Hashem. A human being also has the words of Hashem in him. How is a human being wind up, uh, you know, remaining in this world? So why would I need something else? Why do I bechlal have to eat? I should be, you know, I'm getting my, I'm getting my chayis anyway directly from Hashem. That's how I'm remaining in the world. So why do I have to take from something else in order to continue my life? Everyone got the question? Clear? So he says, Ah. I'm sorry. So if that's the case, why is it that he receives the chayis from the lechem, from the bread? So why does he have to get the chayis from the bread, which has the words in it from the words from the beginning in the Breshis, that the earth should be covered with grass. So why does he need that? 
So he answers, So I explain this, what is written in many places. Okay, so now we have an answer. So, uh, just a brief background, right? We know that there's something called the Seder Hishtalshalus. Where does Seder Hishtalshalus start? Generally speaking, we talk about Seder Hishtalshalus, we talk about the world of Atzilus down. Atzilus, Bri, Atzira, Asiya. That's how we generally speak about a Seder Hishtalshalus. We can talk about it in the general, in the bigger tense of it, and then it goes all the way up to the top, right? But in this limited uh, sense, Right, so that's how we usually refer to it. We would say that the human beings, our original source, right? We were talking about, right? Our original source is Dafka from would be the world of of uh, world of Atzilus, which is known as the world of Tikkun, the world of fixing up. However, above Atzilus, right? We know there's something called Oilamos Einsov, the worlds of the Einsov, and. This last level before you get down to Atsilus is a world by the name of Toihu. Right? We've discussed this many times this year. Okay? Toihu, as it explains in Kabbalah, was a place where there was tremendous amount of light and limited amount of Kali. Tremendous amount of light, limited amount of vessels. Right? So what happened? In Tohu, you have a situation where the light was going in, right? Because above Tohu also you have step-by-step -step process all the way up to where the Tzimtzum was, right? You have this step-by-step -step process, and in comes to Tohu this tremendous amount of ore, a tremendous amount of light, right? Now, as the ore went in, right, each of the Kaili, right, was taking on the ore in order to do its job in, so to speak, the world of Tohu. However, we know that it got to a point when we got to, and specifically the Midas of Tohu, the, right, the emotional attributes of Tohu, what happened? What happened was that Chesed decided it wants more light from Hashem. It started taking more and more and more and more and more and more and more until, boom, explosion. Right? Then comes Gevura. And the same thing happened, explosion. And that is what is known as the Shviras HaKelim, right? The breaking of the vessels. Now, these breaking of these vessels, right, are coming from an incredibly high level. These broken shards, so to speak, of vessels are what came filtering down into the worlds that we live into, right? And that's why the next world, which is the world of Atsilas, is known as the world of Tikkun, because the idea is to fix up the Shvira Sakelin, to fix up the breaking, the shattering of the vessels, as I think it's called in English, right? So now, going back to our story here, what we're going to be talking about is how the, all these inanimate, animal, are inanimate vegetable and animal kingdoms, where is their ultimate source? Where is their source coming from? It's coming from Tohu. Since it's coming from Tohu, really in essence, it has a higher source than what we are taking from. Since it has a higher source from what we are taking from, that is what is giving us our highest, that when we eat, when we ingest these different types of foods, it's those particular sparks that we are needing. And those are the specific sparks that are then coming to elevate us. Now, obviously we learned Tanya, and we know that there are certain areas, certain foods, for example, that we are not allowed to eat, right? Those are three Klippas Timaeus. What we're talking about here is specifically Klippas Noga. And in this Klippas Noga, it's up to us to now, so to speak, to elevate those sparks. That's our job, to elevate those sparks. So on the one hand, we need the sparks, 
On the other hand, just like everything else in this world, even though you might need it, you have to use it in the right, in the, in the most appropriate, in the proper manner. That's sort of the idea. That's the catch-22 that needs to take place here. And that's what he says here. That's all coming from the world of Tohu. Which came before the world of Tikkun. Ella, however, however, what happened was that it descended down many different levels. Through the breaking of the vessels, until it came all the way down here, below, below, until it finally came into being from him, different physical things. Adam, on the other hand, the human, right? His shayrish was from the world of Tikkun. And in particular, when you look at Atzilus, what we're talking about, what is the first level of Atzilus? The first level of Atzilus is the level of Chachma, the level of the intellect, right? In particular, the first level of Chachma, the first level of the first sphere, uh, which is the idea of Chachma. Right, it's called the, the hamshacha, the drawing down of the of the intellect. Ki bechachma is bariru. This is a key phrase, and we'll stop with this for today. Bechachma is bariru means to, to with the chachma we're able to refine. A human being is able to use his intellect to recognize what is right and what is wrong, and not just what is right and what is wrong, but he's smart enough to be able to 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 elevate the things around him, to be able to use them in the right way. So our job, in a sense, is on the one hand, we need these sparks, right? On the other hand, however, it's not just that we need the sparks, we have to be able to work with the sparks. And that's our job, to use this level or this concept of the Chachma Isbariru, that through our Chachma, through our intellect, through the, right, our, our using our minds, we're able to use these foods and we're able to use these, right, to understand why am I eating? How am I eating? Right? I'm not eating like a dog. I'm not eating like an animal. I'm eating like a human being is supposed to eat. And then what happens is that we're able to elevate these sparks. So on the one hand, the sparks are giving to us what we need. But on the other hand, we are giving to the sparks what they need and we're able to elevate them back up to their, to their higher levels. Okay, so we'll stop here. So we're giving a basic background in order for us to be able to then move forward and start to understand what does matzah have to do with this whole story. Beseder? Okay, we'll stop here.